Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the cold and for the clouds and for for snow and for rain. Lord God, we pray that you would pour out the abundance of your heavens upon us, Lord, that you would give us water and snow to fill up our mountains and our lakes and reservoirs and rivers and aquifers, Lord God, replenish this land. We pray that you would do the same in our own hearts this day that you would open up your heavens upon us, Lord, and and water and nourish us, Lord. That you would speak to the parched places of our hearts, Lord, those places of salty waste, Lord. We pray that you would bring fertility and joy and life, Lord God. We pray that you bring hope into our hearts. Lord, and we pray that you would give me your words to speak today, and may I be faithful in proclaiming the words you give me. And help us all, Lord, to be filled with your word and to be faithful in sharing it with others. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It is great to see you all today. Well, uh, you know, there's many emotions that I like to feel in my own life. One of them is not humiliation. Is that a fair statement for you too? Who loves humiliation? I think someone who loved humiliation, that'd be kind of like a Monty Python skit or something like that, a department of humiliation. Because really, nobody likes that feeling of humiliation. Having your weaknesses exposed or your failures made public, that is not a pleasant thing. I don't think there's anything really that feels much worse than that in life. And it can burn deep into our minds and hearts. It's like when an ember from the fireplace pops out onto your carpet and soaks into it, right? Burns down into that carpet, right? That mark, as long as that carpet is there, that mark will be there. And in a sense, that's kind of what it does in our own hearts and minds too, what humiliation does. I mean, I can easily pop off six events in my life in just in a few seconds, right? Remembering when I was humiliated. And I can easily think of six more that are coming. <laughs> right? You know, there's a way that humiliation has of makes us, making us um, remember those events. I can remember one from the third grade. Well, one in particular from the third grade. Should I have let that go by now? No. Yes, I should have. I should have, right? But it's there still. I don't know why. It's still there. And I would, even thinking about it, every time I tell it, there's that little knot in my stomach. Right? You know, that that little whatever that is? Stomachy knotty thing that comes up and you feel a little sick. Are you thinking about it? So, third grade. Go back with with me to that place, right? A long, long time ago, when I was young. And at Nevada City Elementary School, uh, and we had our school play. Our school play was happening that day. And it was, the play was Mary Poppins, right? And we had music, we had a great stage and backdrop, and I was going to be the character Uncle Albert. Aww. Right? Yeah, I know. I was a little weird back then too, a little gregarious, and, and they thought I'd be perfect. And I was excited about it because I love Uncle Albert. You know, that I love to laugh and all that kind of fun stuff. He's a little crazy and it's so fun. I love his role. So my parents were out of town, though, for the performance. And so they sent me to my mom's house, my mom's friend's house to uh, she was going to get me ready for the for the play. 
And so I got dressed in my costume and we were supposed to come with like our stage makeup on already. And she didn't have quite the right stuff, but she had something similar. And so her lipstick was like super dark though. And so I came show I showed up to my class looking like Morticia Adams from the <laughs> Adams family, right? You know, just like this dark lipstick and I mean it was bad. And what happened when I showed up? That's right, everybody laughed. Everybody laughed because I looked different than everybody else. For some reason, they had gotten a different note and they were all getting their makeup on there. Um, But I had gotten mine on before and everybody laughed. Then, so strike number one, bad makeup. Never worn it since. Strike two, right? Uh, For some reason, that evening, it got out that I had a crush on some girl in the class. Right? And when other kids heard, what'd they do? Laughed and teased, right? Laughed and teased. Why? I have no idea. But that's just what happens, right? You know, kids can be like a pack of wolves. Even worse. (laughs) Or even worse. Right? Uh, Then we get to the play. Right? And my moment of glory is there. I'm Uncle Albert dancing across the stage. I've got the cool, like, hat with the propeller on the top, right? I'm looking good. And, uh, this was before the days when we tried to keep kids safe in school. And, and so, like, part of the state, part of the play involved us, like, jumping from the top of chair to top of chair. Right, right across the seats of the chairs, right, on stage. And this wasn't like nice wide leg chairs that are real stable. These were like, you know, like something out of an old, like fairy tale or, you know, that like the legs are super narrow and close together. And so there I am dancing across the stage and going around the table singing my song and hop to the first chair, no problem. Hop to the second chair, no problem. Hop to the third chair, problem. That's right. I don't know if the spacing of the seats was a little different or if I just wasn't paying attention because I was so into my singing, but I stepped on the edge of that seat and chair goes, and I go, right, backflipped onto the stage, just boom, right there in the auditorium in front of everybody. I tried to play it off, but it hurt and people kind of chuckled, you know, and I was trying to get through it. Needless to say, strike three, right? It was a hard night. It was a hard night. And I'm totally past it now. Right? You can tell. I'm totally over it. Totally over it. Right? Not an issue anymore. Yeah. You know, it's still there, though. That, that pain is still there. Right? You can recall it very easily, those things in your past. Right? Those, those moments of humiliation. I didn't do anything wrong. Right? Sometimes it's a lot worse when you've done something wrong. Right? But still... It was so hard. I was, I felt different. I felt strange. I felt, you know, uncomfortable. I felt humiliated. And that's a powerful emotion. And it's something that David taps into in this psalm for today, Psalm 25. The psalm begins in a beautiful way. Verse 1 tells us, To you, I, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. I can't imagine a better beginning of a psalm, right? That, that desire to just lift your whole being up to God, to just put yourself at his feet in his throne room, just to lay yourself before his presence, 
What a great desire David expresses. But right after it, in the second half of verse 1, he says, Let me not be humiliated, nor let my enemies triumph over me. David is concerned. David is concerned that that maybe this time God won't catch him. Maybe this time God won't be there for him in the way God has in the past. Maybe this time his enemies will have victory over him. Maybe this time his faith will be found to be in vain. Maybe this time he hoped just a little too much that God would be there for him. And he's scared. He's scared. This team, the theme continues through the next verse. David is hopeful that the Lord will intervene and will be shown to be true, but at the same time, there's that anxiety behind it. Let none who look to you be put to shame. Let the treacherous be disappointed in their schemes. Well, somebody's going to be put to humiliation. Let it be the treacherous people out there, right? Not me. Protect me, God. Protect me. Remember who this guy is, David? Right, remember, this is the guy who as a young young boy would tend his flocks, the flocks of his father, and would defend his flocks against lions. This is not a timid person. And remember when that giant stood up against the armies of Israel, and no one would go to fight the giant? Who did? David. David, in the strength of the Lord, stood up to Goliath and met him face to face on the battlefield and defeated him. That's David. And David, who was the victorious king who expanded the empire of Israel. David, this guy, is wrestling with doubt, wrestling with uncertainty, fearful that maybe this time God might not intervene and he will be humiliated. In verse 3 and 4, David asks God for guidance. He needs the Lord to lead him and reveal his ways to him. He says, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you have I trusted all the day long. He knows he needs God's guidance. He knows he needs God to get him to where he needs to go to fulfill his will. And then we have this really interesting grouping of three remember lines. One is a positive one, one is a negative one, and one is a grace-filled one. The first one, the positive one, says, Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are from everlasting. Remember your compassion and love. That's a positive statement for God. Please remember your compassion and love. The second one's a negative one. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Can anyone resonate with that statement? Yeah. Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. And then the third one is the grace-filled one. Remember me according to your love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. David asked the Lord to be compassionate and loving to care for him and to watch out for him, to forget the sins of his youth and his transgressions, but to remember him through the lens of love, the lens that takes the past with all its failures and wipes it away, wipes it clean. That's what David wants. He wants to be forgiven. He wants to be known and to be loved. 
Not to be loved for something he's not, but to be known and loved. So he yearns for God to forgive him. He asks God to love him, even when he's unlovable. And isn't that what we all yearn for in life? To be loved? Yeah. To be loved, to be forgiven, to be known, and to be held. To have our sins wiped away. Yet the challenge of this psalm is that it never fully reconciles the challenge for David. Never fully comes to a close. And so we're left on at the end of our passage in verse 9, which says, All the paths of the Lord are love and faithfulness. That sounds good, right? Love and faithfulness. But then there's a caveat. To those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. And as you remember about David, sometimes he kept the Lord's covenant and testimonies. And sometimes he didn't. Sometimes he didn't. Right? The challenge of the psalm is that those blessings were somehow linked to behavior, to performance. And David knew and understood that he never could live up to that. Never, ever could. And so this desire, this yearning, this petition to God, this asking God, please don't let me be humiliated, don't let me fall on my face here alone, would not be fully realized until God showed us this through his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who did everything that this psalm asked for, He did lead us in his truth. He did teach us. He did love us. He did forget the sins of our youth. And who we remember in this gospel passage for today, loved us so much that he was willing to be driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, where he was tempted for 40 days and fasted, and he was with the wild beasts. God, our Savior, did this out of love for us. To show us, That he's with us in temptation. He is with us in the wilderness. He is with us when we are surrounded by the wild beasts. And in the most loving act a person could ever do for someone else, he laid down his life and suffered humiliation so that you and I would not have to bear that burden. He was stripped and scourged crown of thorns was put upon his head so that a crown of glory could be put on ours. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ. Humiliation. What easy targets we are for it. Yet Jesus takes it, takes our humiliation and our shame and gives us his glory and his righteousness. And so today... I pray with David, Lord, remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for being the one who was willing to be humiliated for us. To be mocked, to be teased to be beaten and to be killed 
Lord God, so that our shame could be dealt with, our humiliation could be wiped away, our sin could be forgiven. Lord God, we turn to you now in faith. And though our faith wavers, though our faith at times is uncertain, we ask, Lord God, that you would not let us be humiliated. But may we find our faith to be certain and true and held fast by you. We commit ourselves to you now, Lord God, and ask, ask for your guidance, for your peace, for your mercy, and for your love to be poured out upon us. Lord God, to you we lift up our souls. To you we put our trust. Lord, hold us fast. And we pray, Lord God, that having been held fast, having received your love and your mercy and your forgiveness, that you would send us out into this world as people of love and mercy and forgiveness as well. May we proclaim the message of your salvation and the hope that is ours in you so that others might know this peace, might know this hope, might know this deliverance that we experience. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.